I think we did a really okay job. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. This was our well, biggest hey. podcast ever. <laughs> this is the highest number we've ever podcasted. 106. We made it. Yeah. Union goals scored by AJ and Luke. The Hey guys, TP Brothers Podcast presented by the Brotherly Game. I'm AJ down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, joined by my co-host and my brother. I am Luke. I'm up here in Philly, and it is episode 106. And you can probably hear the smiles on <laughs> our faces right now. Oh man, what a time. Yeah, what a time. First of all, sorry for uh, not getting back to you guys a little bit sooner. I'm sure you've not missed us at all, but <laughs> felt like we had to say that. Um, There's like holidays and stuff going on. There's a lot going yeah. on. Okay, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, but holy smokes! So tonight we're going to briefly talk about the Red Bull game, uh, and then we'll talk about the Nashville game. And we'll talk about Jim Curtin and Cincinnati, and we'll preview NYCFC. So we got a big old pod, a big old bucket of fun. Um, gosh, and it's just. It's just bad. We're at the Eastern Conference Finals. This is this is yeah. This is this unreal. Is this is the latest in the year that we've ever done a podcast and had to actually be legit. <laughs> you know, it's not just yeah. like a goof off off season one that uh, yeah. no one listens to. And and you guys are gonna you're in for some treat. AJ's already thinking of all his uh, off season bits that we're gonna be uh, throwing your way. And once once this runs over, I live. For the off season, let's just say that. Um, all right, so New York Red Bull. I had a wedding that day, so um, so yeah, I'll give my crappy story, and then you can talk about it. Um, so Red Bull game, uh, first game of MLS playoffs, not on TV, and so, but it was on like a Spanish channel. I turned to the Spanish channel, and it was some soap opera. Oh, what the heck? So, okay, whatever. So let me, there's got to be somewhere else. So then it's trying to stream on like the MLS app. It, that wasn't working. I couldn't get that to connect to the TV. But then, then finally I ended up on the MLS website on my phone. It was terrible. And then finally I got my laptop and connected that to the TV. Then I had to leave before the end of the game. So <laughs> get to this wedding, put the phone on airplane mode. I'm not, I'm, I'm not looking at anything I'm like, all right, I'm going to figure out, find out, figure out a way to watch that uh, when I get home. <laughs> so my neighbor texts our wife and our it was wife? something. My wife, my, my, <laughs> my wife and said something about like coming over for dinner. And so she showed it to me, but she didn't read the whole text because at the end it said, congrats on the big dupe. How about Glesness? Right. And I was like, Kate, why are you showing me this? And she was like, what? Do you want to have dinner with them? And I was like, read the text message. And she felt so bad. Um, so I figured that something awesome happened. And then I got home, found the, found the, found the show, found it. Um, I just recorded all of the Spanish channel for like the whole day. And so I've been, I found it and uh, holy crap, that was awesome. And so uh, a great wedding, but um <laughs> 
yeah did you watch the whole thing like until the end and like not understand what was like what you're looking for yeah or did you like fast forward okay nice yeah so i yeah i I, uh because i i watched up until extra time if the game had ended in regulation i would have been oh i would have been fine Mm -hmm. Um, i could have really enjoyed the marriage and love of this couple but um uh yeah it was that was absolutely crazy i could not believe that as uh i'm watching it at like 1 a.m in the morning um that was crazy crazy and so tell me the good tell me how awesome it was let me just make me feel bad for a bit okay yeah i'm gonna make you feel really bad because i had probably the best union game experience ever um so I, I get to I parked in Lade, got the park lot park in Lade. I saw um our friends that we, you know, you watch you almost go to every game with. Um and they had a whole breakfast spread, got mimosas, and I was like, Oh, this is this is great. This is a great way to start the start the game day. So I got a couple mimosas and then um they they mentioned, Oh, do you you know you ready to get tested? I was like, Oh, okay, sure. I didn't realize they were doing that and I was like, Oh yeah, because we're going to the tunnel club. I was like Oh, oh boy. Oh, okay. This is that's that's fun. And then I was like, it was gonna be like our our dad was gonna surprise you with that once he got there. He got there a little after me, and then like they kind of spoiled it a little bit. But I was like, oh, this is this is amazing. So yeah. So then after after we our little tailgate, we you know got tested, went to the, went to the tunnel club, and oh man, it, that is the coolest thing. And it's I know it's like uh, I'm I'm sure like new stadiums have like the, these these kind of things set up a little bit, you know. A little bit better and the union kind of had to retrofit this into into the, into the works but it's it's still it's awesome it's uh really cool like right under the river end um you know where the players come out and they have a really nice bar back there and you know there's some good food and stuff um so you know we got we got some got some food got some beer and watch the players come in and out for 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 training you know got to see Bedoya like walk around and it was just really cool to like kind of be back there and be kind of you know behind the scenes watching these guys get ready for the game and we got to see them walk out you know you know the rosters walk out you know like the 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 11s and that was just amazing uh it's it, any if anyone ever gets a chance to go to the tunnel club it is 100% worth that you get so close or you get, you know you're you're you get to see them like right there i i got you know a million pictures of seeing all these guys just walking by and it was it's it's a really cool cool kind of situation um and then yeah then we we sat up in the the union guest suite so we're up you know up in a suite watching this 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 game you know like kind of basically center field i'm, I'm i was living it up man it was uh once again thank you to, to our, our buddy chris he's he hooked us up with it and it was it was a fun way to watch this game because it was the the game itself wasn't as uh you know wasn't as uh entertaining not entertaining but it, you know wasn't wasn't the best soccer to watch current you know current said it, it set back soccer what like 10 years he said or whatever just the style of play of that game so it, we and, and I guess that, that's kind of all my all my watch experience. I I, I kind of want to share, it, but we can get into the actual game of it because it was maybe a little less uh, entertaining until the very very end of it. That sounds sounds <laughs> nice. Sounds nice. Um, yeah, it was. It good. was an open bar. It was an open bar. Yeah. So uh, I'll say that about the wedding. I'll say that about the tunnel club too. <laughs> was it really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> oh geez um all right so not to like we're not gonna dive into the actual game but yeah the big oh the big point i wanted to make was like i was really annoyed with mls for not making the first game of their playoffs 
super visible to uh, someone not there. And, and maybe it's just like my lack of ability to tech, do technology, but like, come on, man, I shouldn't, I'm a diehard and I should not have to work hard to find um, the game. And so I'm really glad you had a great time. Um, yeah. and I was really just disappointed in the league for not putting the game super easily accessible for eyeballs. But yeah, um, yeah. one other point of disappointment was uh, just kind of our, striking core in that game i mean casper with the biggest miss of of the game that's just it's just glaring uh what this team is missing when we've got so many you've got 10 really top-notch players behind behind um the striker and we just don't have strikers who can just finish finish consistently and right. like sure casper's got 12 goals on the year but no one can use the word consistent with them. And it's, that's, it's a tough thing. Um, yeah, but that's just a negative take, uh, the Glesnus bomb. Holy smokes. I mean, uh, yeah, I think the union admin team, we got to give it up to them because they have just been putting out so much good stuff. Yeah. So many awesome fan videos, uh, just this huge moment. And we've talked about this before, but, and I, I make this joke with my wife as well. Like, every game right now seems to be like the biggest game in union history. I feel like we've had in the past year, almost 10 biggest games in union history. Right. Like that's, that's probably not an overstatement. Right. Um, so that was awesome. Uh, coach curtain running down the sideline. Amazing. Amazing. Yeah. So always, always love reliving that moment. Yeah. I mean, the production value of those videos is really, really good. And it just it just makes it feel good to be able to relive these kind of things and and watch them over and over again because it's, it's such incredible moments that we get to witness from this team. Yeah, yeah. So let's go on to uh, our next incredible moment to <laughs> the next biggest game in Union history, um, Nashville coming to town. Uh, and so I guess before we get into that one, we just gotta say we unfortunately both. Um, someone in our family got COVID and so we both kind of had to sit out going to that game and that was a bummer but uh you know it is what it is and we're doing the right things we're yeah we're all vaccinated and um we're hoping to be at this Sunday's game all together so that will be super awesome again yeah um and the you know the person people who got COVID they're, they're five it's you know it's kind of minor symptoms and everything so everything's mm -hmm. recovering okay but and, and we're we both have been knock wood been been testing negative, so yeah, we should be should be good to go. Yeah, yeah. And uh yeah, even uh, my son Keegan, he's he tested positive, but we're just very lucky that um he's been very uh, mild on the symptoms that if anything, and he keeps challenging me to run races around the house around the outside <laughs> of the house. And the kid is getting fast as crap, so uh, I actually have to try. Anyway. <laughs> So, with that being said, we all got to watch it on TV, which is always fun because mm -hmm. no one can text. No one is uh, having a much better time than anyone else um, on this podcast. <laughs> so. That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, so uh, let's see. Nashville comes to town. We know what we're up against. You know, Mukhtar, Sapong, and a good defense. Um, you know, their MVP candidate gets a goal. Our defense, um, Pal, he no pressure on the ball that was crossed into him um like nah yeah we just gave them too much space guy lines up hits a good cross 
uh, lands about the 12 um, right on Mukhtar's head. Uh, Pal kind of looked out to the wide to see if there's anyone behind him. Mukhtar runs in front of him, and the goal is scored. My my thought is, okay, good goal. Yeah, defense should have done better. I don't think Baizo would have done anything different or better than Pal. So I, I think it was just uh, probably a compound of errors that kind of led to it. You know, no pressure on the cross. Um, yeah. You know, center backs and outside back getting split. Yeah, I, don't think I, it was... I think it was. I think it was mainly just a well-executed play. I don't think that it was like mm-hmm. he wasn't completely like it wasn't like I don't know. Like we're defenders, we're not always going to be locked into a, a guy or the attacker that we're supposed to be marking. Like that's not like realistic to be doing constantly. You're not playing like you know, you know, it's not like basketball. You're like man to man or whatever. Like it was like a, a cross from like pretty far wide out. Like not a you know, yeah. There should have been pressure on the ball, but like it wasn't like the most threatening position that the, that the, the ball was played from. Yeah. So right, like he's right, kind of right. you know playing some space, giving the guy some space, and credit to me started like, you know, make the the the, the run in between the in the, in between Glazes and uh, Powell to like get into the right spot or the right little pocket. Um, but it, it really wasn't yet yeah, like a lot of glaring issues. Like I, I don't really like fault Powell for missing him because no. it's it's really just a smart play by Mukhtar and, and a well executed cross by um, I can't remember who hit the cross. Uh, Johnny Tinkerton. Yeah, that's all um, right. <laughs> So then, uh, what a way to end the half. Guys, dag, man. Yeah. He is. And we, I mean, we all, everyone talked about how, like, all right, he's coming into form at the end of the season. Um, I annoyingly hear people being like, oh, where's all the guys, dog hate right now? And it's like, well, to be fair, he wasn't doing well. I mean, it wasn't producing. So, like, yep. like I don't, I don't understand this. Um, Kind of like this, revisionist history kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. Like, you're no one was looking at Gazdag when he wasn't doing anything and saying, "This guy, this guy is going to be awesome in the playoffs for us. This guy is going to carry us." No, everyone was like, "Well, let's get Paxton." Yeah, like well, we just weren't sure. We it was like yeah. you know, obviously, like granted a small sample size, but it's like if the guy's not performing, don't try to do the th- same thing over and over again. And and Curtin kind of didn't. He, he switched up the formations. It, he, Gazak is clicking with Montero when they're playing next to each other. Like things adjusted, and then they're they're finding their form. Right. Yeah. So um, awesome that Gazak, you know, is coming to form. It isn't form. Uh, nice little goal. Um, just the double effort. Yeah. It was kind of. I, I didn't even know if it was going in or not, but uh, so it was sweet to see it go in. It's kind of. I had a friend growing up. He always said the best goals are the ones that are almost aren't or something like the best goals are the ones that almost miss. And I, I didn't know that his goal was going in. So, uh, yeah, that's good. Like, that a nice little, nice little play. Yeah. Um, then the game kind of goes on. I mean, I know some people are talking about the refereeing. I don't think the refereeing was really a big deal at all. There wasn't anything egregious. There wasn't a, um, persistent fouling that yeah. needed to be dealt with anymore. Um, but the thing that drove me nuts coming from fouls was our free kicks, man. Oh, yeah. They're horrible. Like, we don't have... I and mean, maybe we do, and we're just not using them, but, like, Montero, what, what are you doing trying to shoot from, like, 35 yards? You're not... You're but- not Glesnes. Even though, even in the, I think it was the first half, he had one like right outside the box. Um, 
yeah, and yeah. he just took just took it right into the wall. And uh, yeah, I think he just needs to not take free kicks anymore. Yeah, Wagner is a little better, and I trust him a little more. And then, I, then we got yeah, we got Glesnitz. Let him just rip any shot, any any shot he wants, any free kick. Let him just take it. It's sure to be better than what whatever Montero is doing. I want Glesnitz to line up behind the ball on that one just outside the eighteen. Yeah. And to just look at the wall <laughs> and be like, you know what I'm gonna do. I am not aiming this. I am kicking this ball as hard as I can. Oh, good God. luck. That would be so great to watch. And oh I, I, I get that he's like a target guy. He's tall. Like if we're like you know for not taking a shower, to crossing him in. But and like you, he's a guy you want to get 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 his head on the ball. But they, they weren't really doing that. And he's just too valuable with his shot. That just yeah, yeah utilize that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and speaking of closeness, I can't remember if you texted this to me or if this was a dream or if I just completely <laughs> made this up. I can't wait. Did you... <laughs> Did you text me something about the Jersey curse being broken? Oh yeah. Okay. So yeah, let's talk about this a little bit. Um, okay. Because you you bought a Glasnes jersey this year. You bought I, it kind of recently. Yep, I got Glasnes and wearing it proudly. It's got I got like a little something on it, but I'm not ready to wash it because <laughs> we all know that's not you, you don't wash the jersey. Uh, it's hot. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, you got the Glasnes jersey. He's killing it. it had the yeah you know, the 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 game winning goal against Red Bull. I my most recent Union jersey that I bought, Andre Blake. Oh, that's right. Uh, he had a pretty good game against Nashville. Um, we have, we, we haven't gotten agree. to the PKs yet in this in our little rundown, but yeah, I think he he kind of won that one for us. So I I'm just I just want to throw it out there that our jersey curse might be taking a turn. Yeah. So if you're a fan of the pod, join the fake patron and <laughs> send us some money so we can buy more jerseys. Um. We don't have to talk about the Pontana jerseys that I got early in the season, but I also didn't. I didn't. That that was a that was a gift that was given to me. So maybe that doesn't count because you know Fontana is not really he's not even dressing. So yeah, he took a turn. Um, but yeah, that, I don't know. I think our, our our just based off our more recent jersey purchases, I, I think yeah, it's doing, looking pretty good. So. Because I'm already I'm thinking about who I'm getting next year, and like you know, okay, those so kind of things. So it's like I'm I'm, I'm less I'm less worried next next year. Yeah, so I I know we're we'll definitely talk about this like a million times in the next like nine months. But oh, what's the next? Who's who's the next jersey you would get? I mean, McLinn's jumping up there. I was gonna say you're gonna do Mr. Ice in your veins. I mean, that's that's something. I I mean, Harriel is another. Like obviously we interviewed him too, so I you know we like getting those guys. So uh, those guys are up there. Um, I, I, I don't know. Elliot Elliot might be up there. He's mm-hmm. he's becoming kind of like a, a Union Union legend and been around the club so long. But let's let's just well I don't know. You you can say your names, but then let's move on because that's not really what we should be talking about right now. Well, yeah, no, I, and, and just because I think more people should send us money to buy jerseys. Um, <laughs> I was between, if you remember, at the time when I was like going to pull the trigger, I was like, do I do Glesnes or Sullivan? Mm. And I went Glesnes and. The rest is history. So uh, there you you've, go. you've got about 72 hours from the time you're listening to this podcast to uh, Sunday's game to either send me money or just meet me at the game and give me a jersey of a player that you want to see thrive. Um, anyway, back, um, back to the Montero, game. Oh, no. Santos comes in, really like how he impacted the game. Um, obviously, he didn't finish 
but he was doing things as a striker that um, we were not getting earlier in the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a good role for him to be coming in as a sub and impacting the game that way. Um, yeah, not, I... much, not much else to say. Bummer he missed his PK, but that really summed up his kind of night. Yeah, being involved, just not being a well score. Right. Yeah, like he he did so much to yeah get himself in those right positions. And he just couldn't couldn't get that that final touch the the ball to get to the back of the net. It was so so it was so like frustrating to like watch him like for you know we're frustrated for him because he's he's the guy that's doing all this work like Casper like he was invisible basically this whole game, not doing anything and like even like Erica my, my fiance was watching with me and you know she was even noticing like oh Santos is doing a lot if only he could finish a goal but you know what is Casper even still out there, um so so yeah it, it sucked I, I kind of really wanted him to get that that PK to really like redeem himself um because he really put in the effort to, to, to deserve a goal um right. so hopefully hopefully he, next game he gets his chances again but it, yeah it, it is at least in uh um uh, nice to see that he's he's able to provide that impact off the bench yeah um all right so pks i've never seen it before you know a team winning 2-0 just crazy mm-hmm. uh like like and Jax, right? Like, like I, I, there's nothing to say that no one else has already said. If you follow soccer or Twitter, like we're not going to add anything. Just awesome, just awesome. Yeah, just what a moment. And I feel like even Blake was mentioning it in his like post game interview, just like talking about like just it's all about the moments. And like this just was like just an incredible, incredible moment. And to see him make those saves and be the keeper that we know he is. And put the pressure on the next two, you know, kickers to to step up, and they couldn't handle the pressure that he put on them. And and our our, our boy Jack McGlynn, like just it, what a moment for a teenager, and you know, with a celebration like that's just oh, that that love that just like from you know just seeing the youth of his of of him in, in that celebration was just so cool. And, and we even saw like our his you know our our, our other buddy Nate Harrell, he was like. You know the furthest out there like yelling for him when he when he made that pk it was just a cool like team moment to see that all happen yeah um i think i think it's worth talking about nate real quick how awesome is it to uh the coaching staff um the subs that they made mm-hmm. to be putting in these young homegrowns right. in the most important time of the year uh super awesome um old man moment for me when mcglynn did that ice in the veins thing did you know what it was did i know what it was yeah i mean yeah that's like the thing the kids do have you, have you not seen it before is that like what you're saying me i i guess i've seen it i just had no idea what i was like oh okay like we're all shooting up drugs like cool <laughs> young wild and free i think that's what we're homegrown doing oh boy. i was like oh. <laughs> it's like there's gotta be something like he seems like a good kid and like when we interviewed him he didn't talk about uh heroin problem but <laughs> what are you saying like, i don't know <laughs> oh boy yeah, so that's that's not what he was doing. So just let's just let's just clarify that. Um, so yeah, awesome. We love him. He is awesome, and uh, he's he's got cool hair. I think. It is, okay. Is cool? Yeah, just all right. I'm gonna move on a little bit. Um, it is interesting that we still have yet to really depend, like, get any result from our strikers, and we're depending on our center backs and teenagers to score goals and get us through these games and uh, and obviously Andre Blake but like 
you know, it was Glezens that scored the first goal in the in the in the Red Bull games. It's Ellie and McGlynn scoring the PKs, and I guess Gazdag had the goal in, in the mm-hmm. run of play. But it's funny we still just haven't had like it just it just like solidifies everything we've been saying about our striker and their um, strikers and their uh, production. Yeah, I mean, if you if you figure you got a striker who's, I mean, Casper got twelve this year in a very inconsistent, streaky way, but if you got a striker who's going to get you fifteen to 20 goals i mean yeah i don't know it, it's just such a different but there are so many teams out there who are saying the same thing like oh if we only had a striker if we only had a striker right but it's just tough when you have so many good pieces behind that are help trying to help out these strikers and mm-hmm. they're not and, and in this pk shootout it was elliot went first and that's kind of weird a center back yeah. going first um, and and, and the, on the other side, who goes first for Nashville? Honey Mokhtar. Right, right. MVP candidate, over um, 15 goals, like 10 assists, like crazy. Yeah. Go ahead. But then it was then it was Santos, but then it was McGlynn, and then we know Gazdag said he was going to be fifth. So I, and I assume, and it didn't see, I don't know, if, I feel like Burke wasn't an option in the in the top five, at least it was probably maybe Wagner. That would be my yeah. guess for the for the the fourth spot and because Montero was right. off the field or maybe or maybe Bedoya would be the other one potentially yeah, yeah, but like it's not really like we're not like we're still even in that situation we're not relying on strikers yeah which is it's yeah. just like a, it just I don't know it just feels worth worth noting in, in this situation absolutely all right awesome we, yeah that was a nice long first half of the podcast mm-hmm. um union best union worst we got two games Union pool from there's so many yeah yeah so many okay um i i guess i'm just gonna have to go with andre blake um, the you know the pk sh- was amazing but then um in the red bull game he saved the the, the breakaway goal against red bulls and the uh i think it was that was an, an extra time um but yeah i mean he's been he's just been great and i'm just gonna keep riding his riding his hot hand Yep, I'll go. I'll go the other hero, another hero, Glesnes. Uh, not only for his goal, but also his efforts on a sliding challenge to uh, I, I think it was a Nashville guy coming in and on yep. the right side. And yeah, I think it was Victor. Yep. Yep. And uh, yeah, just a great effort there. Yeah, um, I mean our our defense has been killing it. Like so, I could go anywhere on the back line. Yeah, one goal in two games in the playoffs. That's what they've given up in two hundred and forty minutes. Pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I don't, I don't, I'm not a math major, but you were a math teacher, though. Yeah, I was. Um, do you have a worst? Um, I mean, I guess I, we probably talked about it. It's yeah, gotta be striker. Yeah, we go Casper, I guess. And, yeah, let's just go striker position. Yeah. All right. Yeah, let's not let's not dwell on that. All right, cool, yeah. man. Um, well, let's uh, we'll take a break. After the break, we'll talk about Chris Albright trying to poach Jimmy. Um, we'll talk about some Jersey stuff. And uh, we'll preview the NYCFC game. So come back after this. Hey guys, Doobie Brothers Podcast presented by the Brother of the Game. Thanks for listening. Uh, now let's talk about just here's, here's kind of our second half, a little bit of a grab bag before we preview the NYCFC game. News came out today that uh, Chris Albright at Cincinnati now is trying to bring Jim Curtin to Cincinnati uh, on a scale of one to 10, 10 being super crazy. One being the most sane thing you've ever heard in your life. Where would you rate that? 
the just the, the report yeah uh, the the idea of it of jim Curtin going to cincinnati i think it's i'd say it's about like an eight in craziness yeah it's pretty crazy like i i think jim's obviously like i, I get that they would want to go after him that makes total sense he's a really really good coach and has a lot of MLS, uh, obvious mls experience which is all things that they need um but for him it doesn't really make sense like he's not yeah. at the at the point in his career where he's like wants a, this kind of challenge to like rebuild a team from like the bottom of the t- of the of the league and like get them up to being like a really good really really good team like i, I get that that's a, could be interesting challenges interesting challenge for a lot of coaches like like a Bob Bradley or like a Bruce Arena, like guys that like have a bunch of experience and like want those kind of challenges and take want to take the kind of control to like do those kind of things. But for Jim Curtin, he's still relatively young. Like I know he's been with the, the, the union for a good amount of time now, but I think his next step and, and he's even said it, I'm pretty sure that he's, he would be interested in going to Europe and like challenging mm-hmm. himself in, in, in that kind of situation. And that makes a lot more sense. And like, I feel like he's set himself up in a pretty good way to do that with you know Ernst Tanner having all those connections and being able to like work through that and maybe go through like the Red Bull Salzburg and then go go meet up with Aronson and all that kind of stuff like I feel like those are very possible options for him and when he when he's ready for that or when there's those opportunities for them present themselves but going to yeah. Cincinnati makes no sense for him and he's a Philly guy like it just I don't understand like I only, I only get it is that he knows Chris Albright but that's, right, that's yeah. it. Like, what what else is there for him? And I don't know. What do you think? Uh, I think he should do it. I think he should. Just, I think I think it's a really good idea to leave your hometown. Um, I really think it's a really good idea to leave one of the hottest franchises for one of the worst franchises. No, I, I you know not even one of the officially worst franchise. Um, I think it's a really good idea to move from the city of brotherly love to. Cincinnati, whatever that's meant for. Oh, the Skyline Chili. Yeah. Um, trade trade cheesesteaks for a Skyline Chili is what I should have said. Um, I, I think it's brilliant. I think, I think, uh, okay. no. Okay, with that, it, like, say it happens, like, how how would Union fans feel about him? Because we, we've grown to really, really like Jim Curran, and, and he's, like, you know, obviously such a great personality, like, an awesome person, just, like, really, really, like, just good person how like to make that kind of move i mean union fans would not like it and like it'd be really it'd be like a really weird thing to like start to not like really really hate jim Curtin because that's kind of what would have to happen right i I don't know i don't think people would would hate him i think people will just continue to spell his name with an a in it for some reason (laughs) that's true uh, I just think because he's like you know it's even within conference like it's a he's a guy we're gonna have to see and like there's gonna be a lot of like just I guess it's maybe like disappointment or frustration with him. I think some of it might also be result driven. If fair yeah. the Union crashed and Cincinnati started to become the second worst team in MLS, then <laughs> that rise would warrant us being mad at them. But yeah. if uh, they just stayed at the bottom and we were above them, that'd be like okay, that's. Yeah. Jim might hate us, <laughs> you know. It might be like, all right, oh, uh, sorry, Jim. Um, I mean, Mark... like, yeah, I could also like see like him work. Like, it would probably work out really well for Cincinnati with Albright and him. Like, with the money that they have available to spend to have two guys that are competent in their jobs like that, they would probably yeah. turn that around pretty quickly and do a get 
become like a pretty reputable team in MLS. Yeah. So okay. So you're rooting for it. So you want no, to happen? I, I mean, I'm just saying. Like, it... Luke, Luke is on record <laughs> saying he wants Jim to go. I didn't Cincinnati just let go or like not pick up uh, Harris's contract too. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I think I saw that today. Which, um, yeah, I was thinking, oh, maybe Harris is also a reason Jim would want to go there. I don't know why, but maybe uh, Harris would become his assistant or something like that. Yeah, I, I don't know. But he can just know. become his assistant here. Harris like exactly, exactly, yeah. yeah. So, what percent chance do you give this as uh, being something that happens? I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. How would I know that, you know? Like, how do we know how reputable this this report is? Like, it could just be, like, Albright was just, like, putting on a feeler to Jim Curtin. And, like, because, you know, this is, uh, like, me, Curtin was going to answer. Rephrase. What, what, uh, what percent chance do you say the union start 2022 with Jim Curtin as their coach? I would say, like, a good 85%. Wow, that's so low. I was going to say 98. <laughs> okay. I mean, there's a good chance like he he gets an opportunity in Europe. I don't know. That, that, okay. That's that's I still uh, see that like as an option and and Curtin. You know, he's. All right, I'll he's, say okay. I'll rephrase my answer. There's a two percent chance that Cincinnati crosses his mind. Okay. Okay. All right. Let's. I think we're good. Uh, why we've talked about Cincinnati way more in this pod when the Union are in the Eastern Conference Finals than we have ever. Uh, anyway. <laughs> Um, I, speaking of jerseys, well, <laughs> not speaking of jerseys. Perfect uh, segue. <laughs> I forgot to mention. Um, so, <laughs> gosh, there's a Cincinnati jersey that I have watched on my eBay. Um, it's like the royal blue and navy blue split in half with like orange trim. I've always liked that one. Um, and it's not like I'd be buying like a rivals jersey. Uh, but I, I, I'm really kind of getting behind the idea of owning other MLS teams jerseys as long as it's not like I'm not buying like an NYCFC jersey mm -hmm. despite I like their colors but that's about it sure anyway um, so the US jersey was leaked for uh, 2022 and it is white with a US logo on it and a Nike logo on it. The Nike logos are on the sleeve, though. So that is a little different, but not interesting. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like the, yeah. the 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 number is where like the usually you would see the 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 Nike logo. So like that's uh -huh. moved up, and it's so the, the the front front panel of the jersey doesn't have a Nike logo, which is like that's kind of interesting, but do more to the jersey, you know? Yeah. No, I think. Like I, I kind of like that kind of setup as a template, but if there was actual design on the jersey, there's like faint white stripes along the, on, along the white jersey of the of this of this league. So that's all there really is to it, and it's pretty disappointing because you can make a white jersey nice. Like the the current U.S. white jersey, I have it. Like I have an Aronson one, and it's it's a really nice jersey. I like it. It's got some nice details to it, and it's pretty plain, but it's got enough design to it that makes it interesting. Yeah, uh, completely agree. Um. Gosh, yeah, it is. It sucks, and it, they I, I, they better make the away the the dark uh you know the alternate wildly cool to make up for this one. If this is the real jersey, because this is yeah. a World Cup year, this is a, a right. an, an important jersey because you know we're on track to make the world 
to qualify the world for the World Cup. So this is a jersey that's going to have like pretty big significance for this team and with where this team's going. This is this is a very new like next generation team that like this is going to be a big deal for them. So just to have like a pretty lackluster jersey is pretty disappointing. Yeah. I do like having the number on the front like that. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. It, yeah, you want a World Cup year jersey to be one that people think I need this. I need this to remember what the 2022 World Cup was to me. But this is not that jersey. Yeah. But there is so, you know, obviously the denim kit from 94. Um, 98 had the red with like the navy blue stripe across the chest. But like, uh, I think tw- uh, 02 was what the Nike ones with the circle numbers. But there's just like jerseys that represent these World Cups. And, and this is not, I, I just don't see this as being something that you you would look back on and be like, oh, remember 2022? Oh, yeah, that was the jersey with blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't know. It, yeah, it is. Just, yeah, as as the unofficial jersey judge it's judges yeah yeah um all right let's go into another pointless conversation um <laughs> let's say the union win mls cup lucas pucas uh-huh you go to the tattoo parlor and what do you get okay so that is it is funny that this was brought up because i was thinking about that this this week um, so we, we obviously like, I, I don't know if it's obvious, but you and I both have union tattoos on our calves. We got them, um, during my birthday a couple years ago. And this, that's super obvious being that this is a non-visual platform. But yes. Yeah. So I have, I have like the union snake and union just wear it on, on my calf. So I, my, I have two ideas. Either I go crazy and make it a full union calf sleeve, which would be sweet. Or I just add like, say they win MLS Cup, I add like a, you know, the the year a star or something on top of or below, the the snake, and just kind of like build it as like kind of like a record, of their of their uh, of their cup. I I could go mm-hmm. either way. I, I I think a sleeve would be really fun. I don't know what, to really do or like how how that you know what what else I'd want on it, but they just like besides just like union stuff. But I don't know. Those are kind of my ideas, and and one's pretty simple, one's pretty not simple. But what are you thinking? Um. So yeah, just for all of our people who don't know, my I also think I also think it's funny that if this if you knew an MLS Cup, we're just like automatically gonna do tattoos. Like that's just not even like a would we do it? It's this would happen. This is just happening. (laughs) Yeah, it wasn't a would you. (laughs) It's what are you gonna do? Yeah. Yeah. Um. And so yeah, for those who aren't as familiar with my right calf as I am, (laughs) on the back of my right calf, I have the word dupe and the Philadelphia love statue way with the tilted O. Um, and so, you know how uh, rap stars put tears on their cheeks when they kill someone or something, or for a victim of a dead person, I would do that with a star or a snake on my face because <laughs> I am a die, because I am a diehard fan. <laughs> Uh, so nah. you're going face tattoo okay I, I think face tattoo is the only way you go if you win if mls cup but it's the only it's, rational uh reaction to you you winning mls cup um i won't be sober we'll we'll say that uh 
But actually what I um, also might do in a sober state would be I'd probably just do a star above the dupe. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's kind of what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a, that's a cool thing to do. And like, because hopefully the star, there would be more. The star would be, be freaking huge. It would, it would be so big. <laughs> Go all the way up to your butt. Yeah. <laughs> be a butt star. <laughs> hey, Mom. Thanks for listening. <laughs> all right. I think we've talked about that enough. Uh, do you want to yeah. preview the biggest game in Union history? I think it's about time we've had the biggest game in Union history. <laughs> so, but guys, this is for real. This is for this real. Is, this biggest. is definitely it. This is definitely it. And and like I think in the off season we we need to do a power rankings of biggest games in Union history. Oh, yeah. um, I mean this this will be number one, but who knows if if it will be after this game. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so we get to host it. Obviously, it's Sunday. We're gonna be there. Hopefully, um, last night's NYC versus New England game could not have gone any better. Not only do they play a full 120, Castellanos gets a red card, and you're just like, "Holy crap!" Like this is really happening. Um, I, gosh, it was it was awesome. NYC is always a team though that. Uh, we don't like to play. Um, thankfully, we're not playing them in on a baseball field. Yep. But uh, they're just they're just a very technical team. They they can be patient in the attack. Without Castellanos, I don't think they'll be as dangerous on the counter, which will be good. Um, but it's when they can really set up in our final third that I get nervous. But again, without Castellanos, who knows what they'll look like? Herber, mm-hmm. Herber, whatever his name is, comes in. Um, they have a lot of talented dudes. Uh, they they were very slow in making subs. Um, I mean, they didn't. Gosh, I should have looked it up before making this point. But uh, the Union are always making subs in the second half. Like that's it's not really a question, right? Mm-hmm. We're at sixty minute. You know, a subs coming in. The New York first sub. It was in the 82nd minute. I... Yeah, it's 82nd minute. And then again in the 101st minute. That's crazy. So I don't know. It just, what that means to me is that that bench is not deep or not effective. And that sub in the 82nd minute was because of injury. Right. Yeah. So the first sub made for tactical reasons was 101st minute. And like that's I don't know, I when we look at our lineup, you see the first eleven, but then you also look at that bench because you're like, ooh, what weapons do we have on the bench? Oh crap, we got Santos, we got Burke, we got Elsino, we got Aronson, Sullivan, Fontana, whoever it is. We've got uh, Jesus Bueno. Oh yeah, we'll set up a defensive block. Finley, yeah, we'll throw another center back on. It's uh, you know Baizo, Pal. Um, we'll get to that in a second, but it's like. The front, the back, shoot! So about Blake, we've got we've got a stud behind him and freeze. Let's let's not get carried away, but yeah, I, I get your point. Yeah, okay. So um, that that was kind of my takeaway from watching that game last night, NYC versus New England. Mm-hmm. Uh, sidebar: the league has a big issue in their in quotes reward for uh, coming in first place in your conference right colorado and new england both get knocked out 
by a team that played a game previous to them. Um, the, yeah. yeah, that's that's a problem. The Union last year when Supporter Shield knocked out in the first round yeah. because you know we were stale. That's that's a problem. You can't have your your top teams being knocked out because they're getting these buys and over three weeks worth of rest because rest is not the end all be all for a knockout tournament. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. I don't know how really to, to fix it. Um, I know this this year's schedule. I don't know if the playoffs really got affected, but I know like the late start affected the regular season. So I don't. So maybe there is a factor there, and maybe next year it could be a little less dramatic uh, in terms of layoffs. Well, but it's. I had an idea, and I don't know if I. Th- I don't know when I, I feel like I thought of this when I was dreaming too. This twice <laughs> I brought up dreams in this, but here was my thought or a dream or something. Um, you have the supporter shield winner play the last place team in the league for nothing for no reason but you force them to play the supporter shield team will run out their starters play you know probably win but uh the last place team you you maybe you like put a little prize money on it. maybe you put something on it but like but like if you're a Cincinnati player, you're playing for a contract. Put like if a draft the... pick on it or something. Something not yeah, that like, meaningful, but yeah, like yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah like there's like something like not super important, but something worth coaches being like, Yeah, I need I need Gustavo Bo, Carlos Gale, Buska, Busca, whatever. I need them to be on the field to get sixty minutes of game action before I sub them off. And then if we win, great. If not okay we didn't lose that much but it was like a worthwhile game mm-hmm. um, i don't know that was that was my thought that's uh, interesting yeah i because i feel like i've heard that like teams like like new england was gonna schedule like a a, a, a a scrimmage against like the fire or something i don't know if that actually happened but i feel like people have like mentioned those kind of things happening and like that's all good and like fine like doing scrimmages but like yeah i guess m- making it like a re- yeah I, I think it's really just messing with the schedule to make it like oh oh alleviate this kind of issue but that is an interesting proposition yeah just bring just bring an eighth team in like why not just bring an eighth team in and have them have a play don't give them a buy yeah because then i don't know what they're gonna play they're playing dc the Maybe. versus dc i mean it's dangerous but i don't know yeah I, I wonder how like if there's like a the team or like players or coaches would like if they could put a vote what they would decide on if they could get an eighth play like the eighth seed or play to get the bye because yeah that, that, that's interesting i don't know i don't know now how here's a, here's an interesting one for mls mls would want this if you brought in the eighth seed in the west do you know who finished eighth in the west is it galaxy it was galaxy mls would change they they i'm shocked that they did not change the rules <laughs> of the playoffs this year to get an la team into the playoffs. I'm surprised they didn't let the top nine. So LAFC could get in too. Yeah, that's true. Um, what if it's like and a play and those, the eight and nine play each other to play the, the, the one, one seed, like a play in kind of thing. I don't know. And you only, and you do it the exact night before at the, <laughs> at the one seeds stadium. <laughs> that's hilarious. And the one seed is in the stands throwing things onto the field. And no one else can go to the game besides the one seed. Team. and podcasters who are local <laughs> yeah 
both both finalists from the 1996 <laughs> MLS Cup finished in eighth this year. It's kind of interesting. So that okay, you could say that's interesting. Let's go into how often have the two finalists from the 96. Okay. All right, let's let's preview NYCFC. Well, oh, I thought we were. Um, all right, <laughs> all right. Here's the question for you: Do you keep starting Casper? I I think so. Because I, I don't think I like the Santos super sub role. I and I don't know. Maybe you start Burke though. I just don't think Curran would do it. I think he's gonna ride with Casper because mm-hmm. Burke also hasn't like been getting a whole lot of minutes. He's probably not yeah. ninety minutes fit. And he can Casper is at least reliable to get you know play those kind of minutes. Yeah. Um, so I I think you kind of just have to ride with him, and it's not super encouraging. But I think that's really your only option. Do you have any other any, any other? You, would you not start Casper? In two thousand and three, DC United oh and LA Galaxy both. Fin- no, I'm just kidding. I'm just gonna read you um, or something. Uh, I I think I think you start Casper. I think if you make a change at that spot. And, and this, and I'm not a huge Casper fan. I think you do it though for a uh, psychological thing. Yeah, yeah. I think if you make the change, it looks like a panic. It looks like you're worried. I think you keep Casper. You keep the lineup as as similar as you can. Uh, I'm going to follow that statement up with you start Alvis Pal. I think he, and we're big Viso fans, mm-hmm. um, but I think Pal is the hot hand, so to speak. And uh, I, I. I mean, I and if, if Bizo starts, I'm not going to be like, oh my god, we're doomed. No, I'll, I'll be fine with that. I'll be excited to see him back on the field. Um, and he he brings a lot offensively. Um, but yeah, I, I think you just, I think you've got Pal. He's played the last two games, two wins. I think you keep that. Same thing with Casper. You're playing that Christmas tree Casper up top. I think if you change it, you look like you're panicking, uh, and it sends a bad message to the team. Yeah. Yeah, I think I agree with that. And I also think the way NYCFC has such quality in their team and they're they're just, you know, have really like kind of smart players. I think Powell's a more like defensively sound player to probably keep up with them a little better. And Baizo could get lost in, in a game like this. So I I I I'm also I think Powell it probably feels like the uh, a safer choice in this game. I agree. I agree. I think that's a great Really great analysis, my friend. <laughs> Thanks. I love when we're but shocked again. by our other by our good points. Yeah. Well, well, wow. Look at us, man. Too bad people had to wait an hour to hear it. Um, <laughs> all right. So, I was told by our mother that we are really not good at predictions. That's true. What do you think about this weekend? What's your prediction? Um. Oh my God. I mean, yeah. I, it's so hard to predict these kind of games. It's playoffs are crazy, and I just don't never expect it to be in this position. But I'm gonna say we win. Oh, I don't know. It can't be more than a goal difference. So I'm gonna say like I'll go three two. We're gonna win three two. You got you got a, you got a stupid three times. Yeah, my man. I I'm gonna go comfortable i think we're gonna win two nothing i think it's yeah i don't think it's gonna be that dramatic i think i think they're just gonna come in they're gonna be you know not fresh they're gonna be missing their stud 
I, I think we're going to handle them. I, yeah, I think the safest prediction is that a, a striker is not going to decide this game. You don't need to decide. So yeah, I oh, guess I guess a low scoring game makes more sense in that. I'm just saying that. That's, that's true. But the argument is that a striker is deciding the game because he's not there. Okay. That's oh. Oh. Uh, thanks for flipping that. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. Here are your um, goal scores. Uh what I say, two nothing. Mm-hmm. Um Casper and Santos. <laughs> Screw you. I knew you were gonna do that. Um yeah, so I guess I can't say any strikers after saying that. So I'm gonna go Gazag. I'm gonna go Bedoya. And I'm gonna go Jack McGlynn. Nice. I want I want Bedoya to score. I think yeah. that would be awesome. I mean he I feel like big... he does in big games. Like this is a good big game. Yeah. He steps up, so yeah. Yeah, this I mean this is the biggest game. I wonder if he knows it. <laughs> Oh, man. All right, man. We'll do it. I think we did a really okay job. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. This was our oh, biggest hey. podcast ever. <laughs> this is the highest number we've ever podcasted. <laughs> 106. We made so. it. Yeah. Um, so if, if you are still listening and you've taken all this time, go ahead and uh leave us a comment, leave us a review. Hit that five star, smash that like, whatever you do in uh, this world of podcasting. But uh, we thank you, and you're awesome. And we hope to see you there on Sunday. And uh, just keep on being good people. Bye, guys. Union Gold!